Psychic Sisters. I'm Kristen Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty fine. How about you? I I'm well. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful day. And yeah, beautiful day. Yeah. Do we have a lot on the docket? As I know, uh, I, they I know. I hate to copy Scott, but I've heard him say it so many times that it just comes out. It's hard not to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here on our Wednesday night case update, we've got a lot of very current case updates tonight mm -hmm. that there's some interesting stuff happening on some of our big cases right now. So yeah, things are moving are, really fast. Yeah, they really, really are. But let's start with some excellent news right off the top of the right off the top, which is guess who's not getting a new trial? <laughs> not friend of the show, Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> Yeah, that be yep. America's most hated child trafficker of the mm -hmm. of the day. Uh, the judge said mm, no. He thinks that uh, the juror, member of the juror that screwed up Bye. filling out the form, whatever. Yeah, he said that the judge said, no, "I think that was an honest mistake. I don't think there was any malicious intent there, and there's no reason yeah. to do this trial again." So yes, yep, there they will be. Um, sentencing her in june or july i think yeah and well let's see how she likes prison because we know she's been such a fan of jail <laughs> sad day she's very precious don't you know and they don't oh, treat goodness. her very good in jail and well that's sad yeah it, it's tough you know it turns out jail kind of sucks and you should probably not traffic children and then you don't have to go there it's like what it's like a no-brainer to me but i mean she should have just followed the rules well <laughs> right yeah she is not gonna like prison no she isn't because you know what she'll be no. in prison with women who are looking mm -hmm. at her like you are a human trafficker you trafficked mm -hmm. teenage girls mm -hmm. to these horribly gross men you participated mm -hmm. in their abuse mm -hmm. We're going to be kicking your ass every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she that, does need to say essentially names. what's okay. going to happen. Yes. Yeah. It is not going to be a fun time for her, but hmm, ask me yeah. if I care. I really don't. What? You don't care. I know. Weird. But do I have any empathy so for her? I do not. I do not. Oh, you hmm. thought I was going to say Scott Peterson. No, no. Gillian. Oh, what is going on? I have not been keeping I, up with Scott Peterson. I have not seen whether they've decided yet or not. They were trying to pull a Ghislaine Maxwell kind of situation mm -hmm. with a juror in Scott Peterson, but I haven't seen an update recently, so I don't I know either. that that's been decided yet. Yeah. Yeah, I hope she loves the canteen. Oh, I bet. Prison food, I've heard, is excellent. Mm -hmm. Actually, <laughs> I know someone who's been to prison who told us all about how you can... Uh, pack sugar in your uh downstairs I don't like how, it, it's called cooching it cooching yeah bag, uh, mm -hmm. a baggie of sugar so that you have your own sugar for your coffee 
Mm. I've heard some stories, many of which I never even wanted to know. But mm -hmm. <laughs> and her unit, she said it mostly smelled like feet and vajayjays. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It sounds mm -hmm. like it. There's women shadow boxing waiting for her arrival. <laughs> have like the rocky theme go through my head and, and then they're going to be kicking her little, little white ass aren't they oh uh, my gosh that is too funny it, it is that is fantastic and it is exactly what she deserves mm -hmm. yeah yes making wine in the toilet tank mm -hmm. making makeup out of kool-aid there's all kinds of stuff and pencils mm -hmm. yeah we've, we've heard mm -hmm. some stories Mm -hmm. Feed him potatoes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Knowing this bitch, she'll be in charge of things before long. Well, she will certainly try, but, you know, mm -hmm. she's what you might call uppity, and that's not going to fly. Some people prison. don't like uppity in yeah, prison. St stock up on hot sauce. That was the thing. According to our friend, Tapatio. You can eat pretty much anything if you put a bunch of Tapatio on it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, yikes. But yeah. I think it's not recommended. I'm just going to make this statement to Cooch Tapatio. No, I don't, definitely I don't do Cooch Tapatio. <laughs> yeah. I think Cooch and sugar could have uh, some negative consequences as well. But, you know. I'll, I'll give you that. Me. Yes. <laughs> that also really seems like it's uh, ill-advised. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely. So that was some good news for the week. Truly the best. Let me give you some bad news for the week. Oh, God. Some real bad news. Yeah. There will be no criminal charges filed in the fatal shooting of Amir Locke. Now, if you remember, this happened in Minneapolis a few months ago. It was a no-knock warrant. Amir Locke was asleep on a couch in, well, I think it was his cousin's apartment. The police uh, broke in mm -hmm. and he had a gun like under his pillow or near him. And he simply, like, reached for it. And that was enough for them to shoot and kill him. And they murdered him. And uh, there will be no charges against the officer who killed him. Yep. It's just horrific. Mm -hmm. And again, continues to make the case for ending no-knock warrants. Ugh, I mean, how many please. times? How many times? Well, clearly the police are in no way capable of handling yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. Karen Wells, who is Amir Locke's mother, said, I am not disappointed. I am disgusted with the city of Minneapolis. Can you imagine knowing that you'll never get to see your 22-year-old baby ever again? Just or makes doing sick. Nothing. Nothing. Or simply existing yeah. asleep in a place that he thought was safe because, you know, it should have been. Could have been. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yep. So the cops can come in and, sh and shoot you because they are scared. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They create a false situation that makes people feel threatened. And then when people feel threatened and they react to it, they can kill them. I yep. mean, basically. Yes, same with Brianna Taylor. Yep. Brianna Taylor. It, it, it is awful. Makes me so mm -hmm. angry. So there's that. Yeah. Not cool. Katie, yes. do you want to update us on the Daybell Vallow situation? Ooh. It is mostly just a giant question mark at this point. <laughs> or as our kids say, she. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, that was wrong. Don't worry. Just know that was wrong. That, that was wrong. I've it. never been able to say it correctly. No matter what I do, I sound exactly like them and they still tell me it's wrong. Yeah. Any of you have teenagers and young adults, you know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't know what mm -hmm. the hell that sound is supposed to be, but apparently I don't know how to make it. I feel like, yes, I do, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yes. So let's talk about uh, everybody's, uh, you know, not friend of the show, the resting toad face himself, Chad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Since, you know, Lori's case essentially stayed, but we have a lot to say about Lori's case today, too. Very interesting yeah. stuff. But yeah. I'll start with the prosecutor because, uh, as we know, there was a hearing a week or two ago to talk yet again about moving the trial back to Fremont County, finding a jury in Ada County, and bringing it here and sequestering them. So yeah. the question was, how much is that going to cost? versus holding the trial itself in Ada County. And the prosecutor had put together some initial numbers, but decided that they needed to do a little bit more digging and make sure they had a very accurate uh, look at what this was really going to cost, what we were really, really looking at. And so they, even though they had argued it a few days ago, or yeah, what, like two weeks ago, mm -hmm. now they have... Uh, finished arguing or submitted their last brief to the judge as requested. Yeah. So essentially the cost comparison is a full change of venue to Ada County will cost $269,430. A jury selection only in Ada County will cost $53,444, wow. leaving the total difference to Fremont County at $215,986. Wow. That's huge. It's because a lot of the stuff, like the cost of the trials, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be either way. And the cost mm -hmm. of sequestering the jury, because this jury is going to be sequestered, period. I don't care where right. they're coming from. Totally. Wow. But a difference of $200,000. That is a lot a, of money mm, for a that is tiny little county that doesn't yeah. have a budget like that. I mean, it's, no. it's huge. And it's a, it's a huge county with a tiny population. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the truth. They are going to have to sequester either way. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's going to happen. So anyway, I, I thought it was interesting. Some of the numbers that they put together, I thought were pretty fascinating. They figured the hotel alone to take so much of their staff there would be around $60,000 per month. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, cranky. It's much, much cheaper to bring a jury in from Ada County, a difference of about $200,000. Yeah. Um, parking costs alone would be $1,500. Wow. Gas and tra transportation for fuel alone will be about $4,000. Yeah. Meals would be around $51,000. Overtime and staffing costs would be somewhere around $63,000. Ada County jail costs, because they'll have to pay the jail to take care, to transfer and care for Lori and Chad, would be somewhere around $1,800. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Somewhere around $5,000 a piece. So about $10,000 for the two of them. And that's just 
cursory costs. It, you know, that that's just what they're looking at. Now, if you moved it here, log, lodging for just the jury would be around 30K. Parking costs would be about $300. Fuel costs, $700. Meals and food, $10,000. Overtime, $10,000. Jail costs for Lori, $770. Jail costs for Chad, $770. So around $53,000. Yeah. I mean, the cost difference is astonishing. That is astonishing. I, I'm not surprised. I figured it was going to come out like this. Mm -hmm. Me too. Oh, and L. Anders, no, it is one jury. There, um, the uh, application to sever these trials was denied, mm -hmm. so it's one jury. Yep, one crack at the apple. Oh, John Pryor has ruined me with that now. Right? <laughs> yeah, they'll have they they'll have to have security a security team with the uh, the jury. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely a sequester jury. Yeah, they have security and there's, it's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. I really feel for whoever has to be on this jury, frankly, because it's going to be miserable because yeah. they're going to be away from their home. I mean, the whole process, including jury selection, is scheduled for 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. But jury selection will have to happen in Ada, you know. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be real tough. And that, of course, anybody. if it ever happens at all. If it ever, yeah. So on that note, let's talk about the other not friend of the show, Lori Vallow. Can we? Although I don't, we're going to say a lot of stuff that we don't know what any of it means. <laughs> mm -hmm, but it bears saying. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on in Lori's case right now. Now, Lori's stayed, of course, because she is still in the state hospital and still uh, found to be mentally incompetent. Uh, to stand trial, which means that she is not, at this time, she's not been found uh, capable of understanding the charges against her or participating in her defense. Those are, that's the litmus test. Those are the two things she has to be able to do. Mm -hmm. So she's been in there now for almost a year and well, three quarters of a year. And so the first stay was 90 days and then they came back and talked about it. And the second stay was 180 days. Well, the 180 days was done in March, but yeah, right as we end. know, there was a hearing in February and all of these hearings we are not privy to at all no. because, well, we don't get to go because this all has to do with our mental health. So it's all sealed. Yeah. So all we get to know is that they're happening and they're sealed. Yeah. So, but we know that her attorney actually had requested a hearing back in February which we all went, hmm, does he think she's competent? Is he ready to get this show on the road? Mm -hmm. Then there was another hearing in April. Since then, there have been three subpoenas issued. Subpoenas, you guys. Interesting. Very, because there have what? been no subpoenas issued as a part of her competency as it's been checked on up to this point. So yeah. we don't know what who is being subpoenaed or for what. Right. There's and also, we don't know. how was any of this happening? Because her cases stayed. They're not supposed to be able to file anything. Yeah. So we don't know. So we have talked this out until we're blue in the face. And we have a few ideas. We do. And this is my belief. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot. This is our belief, I, I think. But uh, what we think is going on is that what they're really doing right now is evaluating what happened in the fall 
Remember that big psycho book that uh, Mark Means published that got him, you know, that was the Remember last Remember all the quotes? <laughs> to throw him off the case. When he alleged that the Mormon church, Idaho Health and Welfare, and the prosecutor's office were colluding together against Lori. Yeah. Because I guess all the copious amount of evidence they had wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. That just doesn't seem like enough at all. No. So, uh, and this is when he claimed that she had called the church's attorneys, the LDS church's attorneys, which was kind of true, kind of not. She called Curtin McConkie, which is a law firm in Salt Lake, who does frequently represent the LDS church, but it, they aren't the LDS church, but no, they do represent them. A law firm. Uh, yeah, but they're just a law firm. So his claim was that she called Curtin McConkie, spoke to Mr. McConkie, told him a whole bunch of stuff about her case that she shouldn't have said. And he then told her that he couldn't help her and got off the phone. He then alleges that he, Mr. McConkie, called the prosecutor and told him all about everything that Lori said. And that then uh, the prosecutor let Mr. Archibald, the other attorney, Lori's other attorney, know. The so first supposedly... Mm -hmm. the, the real attorney. Uh, the real attorney, yes. Mm -hmm. So his feelings were all hurt, right? He was way up in his feelings about it because uh, he no one let him know. They let the other attorney know, who did finally let him know. Yeah. But uh, what he did is he filed this huge thing, making himself a witness, you know, which is the thing he's been accusing the prosecutor of forever, and then he did it. He... Uh, made public a bunch of Lori's mental health stuff and completely violated client uh, attorney privilege by spilling all of this stuff out to the public. And so he he broke a bunch of rules. He did a really bad thing. And also, yet again, yeah, <laughs> and made himself a witness, which is funny as hell, considering how often he's accused the prosecutor of making himself a witness. And every time the judge yeah. is like, no, this is his job, for God's sake. What are you talking about? Well, right. he actually did go ahead and do it, made himself a witness. Uh, so I guess he is an expert on that. We just didn't know. But anyway, so when that all happened, and the reason Lori was doing it, supposedly, everything we know is based on the hysteria that Mark started. But right. we'd said, have no idea what she's actually said. He claims that her therapist at the uh, state uh, mental hospital gave her homework to contact the LDS church and talk to their attorneys and see if they could help her because she was upset and wanted a different attorney. He was very clear. It's not him. She wants him. She just doesn't want Mr. Archibald. Mr. Archibald was appointed to her case because she is indigent and the state's paying for her attorney. And they have a rule that if you are being charged with a capital crime, you have to have an attorney who has experience in capital cases, which Mark does not. Yeah. So there had to be so another attorney on the case. To give her mm -hmm. an actually competent attorney that can mm -hmm. defend her in this. And Remember, this, this was Mark, yeah, this was Mark Means' first felony. Yeah. First felony case to defend and it's a multiple <laughs> capital murder. <laughs> and he was arrogant enough to think he was qualified to do this. So 
Anyway, with all of that being said, of course, in that big brief that he filed, he wanted all of the prosecutors thrown off of the case and censured and, you know, beat with a cane and punched in the face and (laughs) many mean things that he could think of. Right. Anything. Yeah. Have to sit on attack, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. All of it. Along with all of the stuff he did, you know, anyway. So it wasn't long after that, that he was removed from Lori's case. It wasn't necessarily for this. This was just kind of the last straw. As it turned out, the prosecutor's office had filed something with the court in the summer to remove Mark from the case, and it was because of a conflict of interest. The conflict of interest was that very early on, right after Lori was arrested and before Chad was arrested, for about a month, he was claiming to be representing them both. Well, that's a conflict of interest. You can't represent them both, and... It had been brought up repeatedly. He actually lied in open court about it in, uh, I think, April of 2020. Lied to the judge about Mm -hmm. uh, that, even though he had tweeted it. He literally tweeted it. Godfrey. This fool. There's no limit to the idiocy here. No, there really isn't. Okay, so that was a really long explanation, but I feel like we needed to make it so that I can say this. We believe that what's really happening here is that that's what they're examining right now. We believe that Mr. Archibald asked for this, and here's why, and here's why it needs to happen. Do we think the prosecutor did anything uh, that would violate anything and get him thrown off? No, we don't. Do we think that anything improprietous here happened at all? No, and Curtin McConkey made a public statement that, uh, yeah, she called our office. We told her there's nothing we can do, and you should contact the state bar if you're unhappy. That's it. None of the stuff he said really happened the way he said it happened. He just had a complete and total meltdown and just created a narrative. And or Lori, who was obviously actively uh, understanding the charges against her and uh, participating in her own defense, created this whole mess area. Here's the thing. He made all of these allegations about the prosecutor, and they're serious allegations. And like then disarmament serious. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, the state removed him from the case. Yeah. They have to investigate the allegations. If they don't, and Lori gets convicted, and down the road, her attorney at the time, whoever that will be, says, now, wait a minute. All of these allegations were made. They were completely ignored, and the attorney that blew the whistle was thrown off the case. Yeah, That's bad. That's really yeah. bad. That's bad to the level that it could, you know, trigger a mistrial or a retrial. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why that can't happen. They do have mm. to investigate these allegations. They do. Here's my other thought. Uh, I really, really do believe that the Idaho State Bar is probably investigating Mark. Because he did some really public, really against the rule things. Well, he violated attorney-client privilege in public, like mm-hmm. to the community. Mm-hmm. I, you know, he did a lot, all of the allegations and all the mm-hmm. shit he did. But the the violation of her rights—holy mm-hmm. crap! You know, that's extremely concerning and jeopardizes her rights. It jeopardizes this case. Like mm-hmm. all of those things are really bad. So. We think two things are happening right now. We think that, yes, they are discussing competency. They have to be. 
because now either another 180 day stay has to be ordered or she has to be found competent and sent back to the Madison County Jail. That's yeah, the rule. It's, it's got to be one or the other. And so we suspect that that's part of what's happening behind the scenes is that they're gathering their information. We really believe that she is coming back to the jail. We don't think there's going to be another 180 day stay. We think mm -hmm. she's coming back. But the other we side really don't of think that, that her attorney wants that at all. Mm -hmm. He's and, and you're right, Cranky. He is not feeding into her delusions. He's not her blue-eyed ba angel baby boy and all that crap she called Mark Means. No, this is a real attorney looking at her like, you got to face facts here, lady. You're facing mm -hmm. multiple death penalty yep. murder charges. Yep. So we think those two things are happening in conjunction. An investigation into what happened in the fall, as well as what's going on right now with her competency. There is a hearing in the morning. There's a status conference in the morning. Is it possible that we'll hear something by the end of this week? I think it's possible. We may. Mm -hmm. Because a status conference could easily include her doctor. And here's why we think that. Because the Idaho Health and Welfare attorney filed today to seal these proceedings. Yeah. Which means that they this are is about competency. And talking yeah. about competency. Yeah, he wouldn't be involved if it wasn't that particular mm -hmm. issue. So it is, uh, it's really compelling. It's really interesting. Honestly, it's interesting that uh, they haven't already given that 180 days if they were going to. We think right, right. now they're just getting their ducks in a row. Yeah, it, it is interesting that we've gone this far past that date, that, mm -hmm. you know, that deadline. Mm -hmm. Well, and also because the judge dismissed um, the request for a severance, you know, the whole thing was about John Pryor's whole argument was about the, um, you know, the instability of not knowing mm -hmm. if she was going to be out for trial or not. And, and that got really dismissed, mm -hmm. which really makes us think that it's because they know that they're going to release her. That mm -hmm. this is happening and it's happening soon. And yeah she'll be coming on back. So we really are holding a lot of space for that. We think that's exactly what's happening. It's just taking a little bit of time. Will we hear something on the whole case? You know, the thing with the attorneys, uh, with the prosecutor, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. This is all happening behind closed doors because again, this was confidential information that was leaked yeah. out to the world. And, and yes, Cranky Means did go on court TV uh, kind of early on. As a defense expert, they brought him on a panel to talk about a different case as a defense expert, which was hysterical and ridiculous. I mean, a who does their bidding? Give me a break. Yeah. He's not and, an anything expert, a, a bullshit expert. And a yes, Brown, expert. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Means did also allegedly leak information to a podcaster. He right. leaked Lori's uh official diagnosis, diagnosis as well as some a, a tape a, or a, was it a video or was it a I think it was an audio of a phone call that uh should not have been leaked to the public but yeah he was yeah. talking to a podcaster that got so weird and ugly that that podcaster's kind of slipped off into uh the shadows some yeah. really really weird things happened during that time so that's what's going on that's what we think is going on these so, are our educated guesses 
Yeah. So some questions that I had. Mm -hmm. First of all, uh, one thing I'd asked you, Christy, earlier today is I really wondered at the state hospital, are phone calls monitored? Well, and so as a regular just mental health patient, no, um, unless there's a reason to. It's possible, you know, that the doctor could require that because of a problem with an individual family member or something. But she's not there as a regular patient. She is there as an inmate. She is still in jail. She's just serving it in a hospital. And so I think it's possible that they could be monitored. Yes. And then the other question that I asked that I'm still very curious about is because I'm still thinking about who are they subpoenaing? Right. Is it Kurt McConkie? Right. Is it somebody else? You know, we don't think it's her healthcare professionals because they've not subpoenaed them in the past. No, I, they, I, I don't work think for the state. They don't need subpoena. to subpoena them. I think. Unless it's in this matter, they have to subpoena them, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, other question we had is, who else has Lori called? Yeah, this is might not possible? be the only thing, right? you know. Mark really, really wanted to see this big conspiracy. He really yeah. wanted to float this boat. Is it possible that she actually called other attorneys too? We don't it's know. Possible. We wonder if all of these subpoenas have to do with other people that she phoned as well. Yeah. Because here's the thing. They're not her attorney of record. She could go tell them all kinds of shit and they could easily turn around and repeat that. She's not, they're not her attorney on record. They don't want to hear that stuff. They don't want to repeat that stuff. They don't want anything to do with it. Right. They Nobody don't want to wants to risk their own law license on this idiot. Well, and it's but, not like anybody in the area she's going to call isn't going to immediately know who she is, you know? Right. But privilege doesn't apply when you haven't retained this attorney. Right. So anyway, it's just a really complicated, interesting matter. So we'll find out. We will. Uh, Lisa said, will Pryor get tossed because he's uh, not the death penalty qualified? Okay. So no, at this point, because if you're private pay, you can have anybody defend you. Uh, it doesn't matter. The reason Lori is found herself in that position is because she was ruled indigent. Chad so far has not. Remember that Pryor actually has his name on the deed of Chad's house right. and is somehow managing to get paid or holding on to that for pay or something. We're not really sure. But as of now, Chad is still a private pay uh, inmate. And so, no, Pryor could see it clear to, to the end. Unless mm -hmm. the state starts paying the bill and then then there would be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're paying for your own attorney, you can pick your own dumb attorney. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's your right. It's why Mark Means was on Lori's case to begin with. But, mm -hmm. yeah. What the state definitely has rules because why would you want to be defended by someone who doesn't have any experience in death penalty? Chad has six counts of first degree murder or conspiracy to commit first degree murder. And yeah. those are all death penalty charges. You guys like yeah. that's really serious. Yeah. And yet he doesn't have an attorney that has experience with death penalty cases. It's this whole thing is insane. We mm -hmm. know it never stops being insane. Mm hmm. 100%. So that's our story and we're sticking to it. Yeah. Yes, it is. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, Cassie Carley a little bit. We covered her case yeah. this week. She is a Florida woman who went missing um, 
and was found deceased just this week. Mm -hmm. But a few more things that we know. So her ex-boyfriend, Marcus Spanavello, is currently in jail for her kidnapping and murder. Mm -hmm. And one thing that came out is that nine days before she went missing... A judge ordered him to pay her $5,920 in attorney's fees. They've been in a big, long custody battle because mom mm-hmm. really doesn't want him having anything. She know, she knew he was abusive and didn't want him mm-hmm. having anything to do with her daughter. And he was fighting. And anyway, so it, it it's part of motive, mm-hmm. you know, at least mm-hmm. that uh, this, this uh, bill was coming due. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortly before she was murdered. Yeah. Then um, something else that uh, came out that's very interesting. Oh, where is this? I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Okay. So there were some questions about how her body was found because her body was found in Alabama in buried inside a barn and she went missing out of Florida. And this case sort of has spanned Florida, Alabama and Tennessee. But her body was mm-hmm. found buried inside a barn in Tennessee in Alabama. Right. And a man named Sam Roberts came forward and he's a man who knows Marcus in some way. And he basically kind of just Got Marcus to trust him and got Marcus to tell him some stuff mm-hmm. because Marcus was looking for someone to vent to. Mm-hmm. So, and he posted some stuff online, like on comments and stuff, trying to kind of gain his trust. And yeah. Yeah. So then Marcus calls him from a track phone number and on, you know, like a burner phone, basically. Yeah. And he gave that number to the major crimes unit who was looking for Cassie. And they were able to use that number to track Marcus's location. And that's why they knew to go look in that area where they found her body. Mm -hmm. Now, the sad thing for Sam Roberts is that some people have taken this to mean that he somehow was okay with what was going on with Marcus. And and Mm -hmm. Sam's business has been slammed with rude nasty reviews and stuff. And, and actually he literally helped the police find her body. Yeah. So people need to lay off Sam Roberts. He didn't do anything wrong. And as a matter of fact, he did something very right. Right. Because I mean, this was not going to be an easy body to find. No. At all. So um, the fact that he was able to give them that number and they could track that location to find Mm -hmm. that area. And then of course, a very smart sheriff was into the barn and notice some disturbed soil, but they mm-hmm. would have, how would they have ever gotten to that spot without the GPS location on that phone? It's really hard to imagine they could have. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks that he's getting attacked like that. It does. I don't know why people, you know, we all know people who've done bad things. It doesn't mean we're bad people, you know, Right. But people lose their damn minds when it comes to this stuff. They send they death do. threats to the wrong people and but or people in general and... to literally help the police find her. Like, yeah, lay off this dude. He did a great thing. Yeah. 
Thank you very much, Lisa, for that. Uh, the super chat is on, uh, you know, that's in YouTube and that's always very appreciated. If you can support us by uh, purchasing a sticker that just drops us a tip, it's always appreciated. We, as you can imagine, put many hours a week into <laughs> our research for these shows. <laughs> it's by and large just a labor of love. Yes. Not complaining. We love it. <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah. So, Katie... Uh, talk to us a little bit about Naomi Irion's case. Okay. So you guys probably, if you were here with us last week, you know that as we were discussing Naomi Irion's case, one of you commented that uh, they were reporting they had found her. So we ran over to Twitter to Brian Enton because uh, he's our go-to for this kind of stuff because oh, he's, he's such so a stud. Good. He got a big promotion this last week, by the way, to a national uh, correspondent, which he so deserves. Love so him. Deserves anyway, support, good so. job, Brian. Yep. Uh, anyway, they had found her, her remains. Yeah. And her dad put a post on Facebook today that I thought was pretty compelling. So uh, he shared this. They were able to drive out today to the site where she was found. So this is uh, where she was found. And this is what he has to say about it. He said, today we went where Naomi was found, deep in this horrible desert. This is the Nevada desert. This place is where hell goes to die. It's awful. It really is. It is so hot and dry and desolate. Mm -hmm. It is a miracle she was found. We had to drive 65 miles on a normal road in the desert, then 25 more miles deeper into this desert, which I'm guessing is probably off-road. There is no way law enforcement could have found her without God's help. They did have a tip, not from God, but from a human. But uh. (laughs) They did have a tip. Uh, Below are pics of the general location of Naomi's location, uh, a memorial at the Walmart where she parked her car, and a sign at the Friendly's Fire Department. Uh, You know, this is, this case has rocked this community straight to its core. Yeah, it's a little town. It's, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. And so I just wanted to show that memorial one more time. Uh, It is an absolute miracle they found Naomi. Absolute Um, freaking miracle. From that, uh, they've now released cause of death, which was shooting. mm -hmm. And they have amended Troy Driver's charges to first degree murder uh, with the use of a deadly weapon, which could be a capital case. Yeah. And... So he's going to be arraigned on that on Friday and discuss new bail. He did have a $750,000 bail on the old charges, but there, there's this one. He's also being charged with robbery and burglary because, of course, he did steal her car. And he also stole and destroyed her phone. Yep. There has been a real push from her family. Things, the relationship between the Irions and the police department has uh, really seemed to have dissolved to some degree. And here's why. They have made, they've gotten pretty public about the fact that when Casey, her brother, first went to the police and said he felt like she was missing, they didn't do anything. They didn't believe him. As we've reported before, he actually went and got the footage from Walmart to prove she'd been kidnapped. Because they weren't. And it took them a while to really take action. Now, here's the thing. When Troy Driver kidnapped Naomi and stole her car, her car was actually only missing for about, I think, nine hours total. 
He drove her way out in the desert, and he came back and parked her car at the Sherwin-Williams plant. Would they have been able to save Naomi? We don't know. Was she already dead at that point? We don't know. Did he have her holed up somewhere where he went back and revisited many times before he killed her? We don't know these things. But what we know is they should have trusted Casey and taken immediate action, as they should have in so many other cases. So I made a little uh, banner. Uh, Naomi loved rainbows. So they're all about wearing rainbows and using rainbows to represent Naomi. So they have launched a hashtag called Trust the Family. Hashtag Trust the Family. And they're using that as a representation of so many missing persons cases where the family wasn't trusted. You know, and we discussed this last, uh, in today's case, talking about Cassie Carley and about how her dad knew immediately something was wrong, immediately, and had a hard time uh, being heard as well. It is something that needs to change in all of these cases. Yeah. The people who know their habits, know where they go, know what they do, who are saying something is seriously wrong. Yeah, this is not right. This is not the way this person would act. Like mm-hmm. I, it, the across the board, well, they're an adult. They probably just ran away from their life. Mm-hmm. Um, or let's response is bullshit. Yep. Or the 24 hour or 48 hour waiting period that keep people keep being told those don't exist. That is not real. That's a, I'm going to ignore this and hope it goes away. And if it doesn't, then uh, I guess I'll have to get involved. Routine. It when in fact, when someone goes missing, those are the most important hours. You're, you're pretty much too late Yeah. by the time you've waited 24 or 48 hours. Yep. Yep. So we'll keep an eye on the bail hearing on Friday. Likely will not be televised. Uh, Troy Driver's attorney has uh, had an absolute fit about that. The judge, I think, in not quite knowing what the law was, went ahead and did not televise the last one or or stream it out to the public. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Uh, either I don't way, think Brian they have a lot of experience with this kind of no national attention. Not at all. So they're doing the best they can. Uh, but li- Brian and uh, live tweeted the last one and did a really good job. So oh if gosh. you guys don't follow Brian, Brian Enton on Twitter is a really good resource for this case. Yes. Because he is on the ground in Nevada as we speak. So anyway, that's what's up. Her family's determined to stay and stay through the duration of uh, the, the, the proceedings and stuff. Um, wonderful family. It's just it's horrifying what they're going through. But mm-hmm. I... They are powerhouse people. They're well-connected people. And I, what I see coming from this is them really pushing this agenda and making it a national one. And I think it needs to happen. So yeah. I'm going to throw a lot of support behind that. Absolutely. Absolutely. If they can get this changed, it is so important. Yeah. Right, Paula? It's interesting that the first 48 are supposed to be the most important in a crime investigation, unless it's a missing person, particularly a missing woman. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Fran, thank you. Driver also, yes, had his tires and rims changed and threw them away to yeah. try to uh, throw move the evidence away from him so they wouldn't be able to track the evidence from his tires. Yep. Yep. Intent is right there. You know, right. that's piling up. That's why this will be a first degree murder case is mm-hmm. stuff like that. And now uh, people in that area are really examining any other missing persons cases. Also, there are a couple of women who are coming forward saying 
this weirdo stalked me too. There's yeah. some video evidence of that actually there in is, uh, yeah. stalking other women. So has Troy Driver done this before? Right. My gut says probably yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I know. I think that they really need to be looking at him closely because, mm -hmm. well, this was a very organized, very brazen act. Mm -hmm. you know, and obviously kidnap stopped. her from that parking lot like that. Like, mm -hmm. How would you know she'd be alone in that parking lot at 5 a.m.? How right. would you know? How would you know? Yeah. He'd been following her. I don't have any doubt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yikes. Yep. So that's what we have on Naomi Arion and Troy Driver. Yep. Uh, I think um, I think all we have left is Montgomery. Uh, yes, I do have, however, I have the Nancy Brophy essay. Oh, and you I will do? gladly read it. It's not that long. Oh, good. Yeah. But yes, let's talk about Montgomery. I... Uh, Oh, God. Adam Montgomery. I lost my... Oh, no, I didn't. I, I put it in a different place. I do have it. <laughs> you guys, it's crazy. The amount of notes we have for these cases and the windows you have open. Windows open and, yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is for... This is the father of Harmony Montgomery. You guys remember Harmony? She has been missing now. Well, we don't know how long, since we think 2019. Right. Um, She was five at the time. She has disappeared in her father's care. We've talked about this case a lot. And if you don't know it, um, go back and find the initial uh, episode. We've talked about it a lot since then too. But yeah, um, her dad has a long history of being in trouble with the law. Well, check this out. He is being accused now of stealing a rifle and a shotgun sometime between September 29th and October 3rd of guess when? 2019. That was literally the same time. That Harmony disappears. Literally. Yeah. That's um, very scary. He has eight new charges from that, from, from those thefts and a few other charges. He still hasn't been charged for her disappearance. He has been charged for hitting her uh, in front yes. of a witness. And he's pled not guilty, you know, of course. Now he's uh, still sitting in prison, or, or not in prison, in jail, waiting all of these charges. And mm -hmm. they're desperately searching for Harmony. Yeah, and he's not talking. Mm -hmm. His ex-wife as well is uh, incarcerated for uh, welfare fraud. Yeah. Because up to now, she was still receiving food stamps for Harmony. Yep. Harmony, who no one has seen. Sick, sick people. In two and a half years. Yeah. Yep. Three and Boy. a half years. Anyway. Well, slowly, I think, unraveling without, mm -hmm. obviously, any assistance from her father or stepmother. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, agreed, yeah. Linda. It couldn't have been his first time. No, yeah. no. Yep. So um, that's what's up. So do you guys want to hear the Nancy Brophy essay? Yes. Have you guys watched the Nancy Brophy uh, episode? It was just yesterday, wasn't it? I think it was two days ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Nancy Brophy is a romance author who has been charged with murdering her husband and her trial is this week. Yeah. So Nancy Brophy in 2011 wrote an essay called how to murder your husband. This is like straight out of Agatha Christie or something. It really it is, is so wild. 
So we thought you might, you guys might want to hear the essay because uh, it's pretty entertaining. Oh yeah, so, I've been dying to hear the essay. <laughs> but yes, but some quick background on it is that uh, he was shot in the back um, at the culinary school where he worked. Uh, yep. He was there early before school to uh, prep. It sounds like he was actually chopping vegetables or something along those lines. Someone snuck in and shot him in the back. Her car was seen in the area. Uh, she had a bunch of financial uh, gains to this. Uh, partly uh, some property that was about to be sold, partly life insurance, partly all of his pensions and stuff. She was going to get quite a bit of money. And at the time, they were losing their house. Yeah. Like they were in financial straits. So that's that's some quick background. She also had ordered a ghost gun on the internet. Yeah. And the barrel of a Glock, she bought a Glock at a gun show and uh, had traded out the barrel. Like, there's a lot of evidence. Uh, the trial is pretty interesting. Her attorney is as dramatic as you would think any uh, romance writer would be, which is hilarious. But anyway, we thought uh, we might all be interested in hearing the essay. So here we go. Yes, please. How to Murder Your Husband by Nancy Brophy. This was on November 4th, 2011. As a romance suspense writer, I spend a lot of time thinking about murder. <laughs> and consequently, maybe you should have thought about it less. And yeah. consequently, about police procedure. After all, if the murder is supposed to set me free, I certainly don't want to spend any time in jail. Mm, oh, dear, Nancy. Big mistake. But let me say clearly for the record, I don't like jumpsuits and orange isn't my color. Ooh, hard yikes. <laughs> Motives. Number one, financial. This is big. Divorce is expensive. And do you really want to split your possessions? Or if you're married for money, aren't you entitled to all of it? <sighs> the drawback is the police aren't stupid. They are looking at you first. So you have to be organized, ruthless, and very clever. Nancy, you weren't. This was a no. stupid crime and you did a bad job. You done fucked up, Nancy. Mm. Husbands have disappeared from cruise ships before. Why not yours? wonder if Dan Brophy didn't want to go on a cruise with her. <sighs> My Just gosh. Right? But there have been some pretty famous cases of somebody shoving their spouse off the, off the side of the boat. Mm-hmm. Number two, lying, cheating bastard, deception of any sort. This is a crime of passion. In anger, you bash his head in or stab him with a kitchen knife. Most of the time, there's a trail that leads directly to you. Each type of murder involves clues. A crime of passion does not look like a stranger was involved. And who's left to clean up the blood from your carpeting? <laughs> oh, Nancy. Just so many hard yikes, I don't know what to do. Yeah. This might Number be in the closing arguments of the prosecution. <laughs> no, it got thrown out. Did it? Uh. This essay got thrown out. Yes. It is not going to be used as uh, evidence. Crazy enough. Number three, fell in love with someone else. Usually financial is also involved here. Lori Vallow. Let's mm -hmm. just say your church frowns on divorce. Lori Vallow, you uh, need yeah. to make, did Lori read this? I'm wondering. You need to be a widow so you won't fall out of favor with your religion, Lori Vallow. At this point, I should mention that it helps if you aren't too burdened by the Ten Commandments. Lori Vallow. Number four, abuser. 
This one is tough. Anybody can claim abuse. What is abuse? To a teenager, it might look a lot different than to a spouse. As a motivation, this reason usually comes up after you've been arrested. Not a lot of abused wives dial 911 upon burning down the house with their husband in it. Wow. Nancy, you bitch. Yeah. Okay. Number five, it's your profession. Now we're talking. You already possess the skill and knowledge. You have the moral ambiguity and necessary skills to carry it off. Quick hit and you fade from the scene. Get your payment up front from someone else because life insurance probably won't send a check. But I don't think you hired a hitman, Nancy, because you couldn't afford one. Yeah, You had to be the hitman. Yep. Options to consider. Guns. Loud, messy, require some skill. If it takes 10 shots for the sucker to die, either you have a terrible aim or he's on drugs. My God. Knives. Really personal and close up. Blood everywhere. Ew. Uh, Garrote. How much upper body strength does it require to strangle a person? Random piece of heavy equipment. Usually this involves hitting someone hard with the baseball bat or the pipe wrench you just happen to have in your hand. Poison, Lori Vallow, considered a woman's weapon. Arsenic is is easy to obtain, worse, easy to trace. It takes a month or two to kill someone, plus they are sick the entire time. Who wants to hang out with a sick husband? Knowledge of pharmaceuticals would be handy. Availability would be even better. A word of caution, watch out for poisons found in nature. They are not a sure thing. Too little? Too much? Your mother always told you to marry a doctor. Now you know why. (laughs) Hiring a hitman. Do you know a hitman? Neither do I. Oh, that was the problem. She doesn't know one. Yeah, that's, yeah. And and go to hireahitman.com. Right? Well, you're reading her mind. (laughs) And an amazing number of hitmen rat you out to the police or blackmail you later. I'm picking up what you're putting down there, Nancy. It's why you ended up doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. Hiring a lover. Um, Have you seen Nancy? (laughs) I don't mean to be an asshole here. I don't. It's very rude. But I'm going to show you, Nancy. Oh, no, I deleted her picture. Never mind. She is a very dark energy Mm -hmm. person she Mm -hmm. yeah i if she i don't know who the lover would be i don't either there is a darkness about her that makes gives me the chills just looking at her picture but then again you know people love uh incarcerated people she'll probably get married remarried while she's in prison somebody will fall for this okay never a good idea the husband dies and the wife gets the money The lover doesn't always win in this scenario. Sometimes he too finds himself facing a loaded gun. (laughs) I find it easier to wish people dead than to actually kill them. Ooh, until you didn't. I don't want to worry about blood and brains spattered on my walls. Right. So you go to their work to do it. Right, Nancy? And really, I'm not good at remembering lies. We know. It's obvious. But the thing I know about murder is that every one of us have it in him or her when pushed far enough. 
Well, well, speak for yourself, Nancy. <laughs> what constitutes a good romantic suspense is the wise. What happened that forced a person into this situation? How will they justify this action? By the way, he needed killing is not a legal defense. Well, <laughs> no, it sure isn't. No, but we'll talk about her legal defense because it's kind of hilarious. Uh, can they keep a secret? A confidence whispered in the dark is no longer secret. What if killing didn't produce the right results? Would they do it again? Could they do it again? What if they liked it? Whoa, there's an idea for a new story. Oh my gosh. And there you go. But her defense, yeah. <laughs> boys and girls, it's very clear cut. Her attorney said, it's obvious the defense. It's obvious why. This is what she said in opening statements. The reason Nancy Brophy did not and could not have killed Dan Brophy was because of love. She loves him. <laughs> Therefore, she's innocent. Case closed. Everybody, let's go home. <laughs> well, John Pryor, you've got some work to do, man. <laughs> yes. Holy now, cow. I wow. will say that I definitely have to wonder, uh, you know, what's going to happen here? <laughs> and I just think the whole thing is just so wild. Anyway, it's not funny that Dan Brophy died and we're very sad for him. His yes. mother took the stand today and talked about how she learned that he died. She's like a billion years old and she's so devastated. It's really terrible. The uh, colleague, or I wasn't sure if she was a colleague or a student that found him and did CPR on his dead body with blood everywhere uh, is in you know, is so traumatized. It was a horrible thing at any oh rate. Uh, yeah, it's a terrible thing. But all of this, like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. You can't write yourself out of this one, Nancy. <laughs> Maybe she will. She'll try. She's going to, you know what's going to happen. Because she's going to get convicted. That's pretty clear. Yeah. L-O-V-E isn't going to, uh, you know, no, make it through that's this That's shit defense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, She'll start writing books from prison and people will go crazy for them because of what's happened here. I, I, my prediction, maybe, probably maybe she and Chad will uh, team up on some publications. Oh, God. Well, she's a little more eloquent than he is, but not a lot. Only a little. Yeah. Cold hearted. So many people in the chat were like, she's so cold hearted. She is. Mm hmm. I mean, to just so brazenly mm -hmm. say things like that. And yeah. I know she's a romance suspense writer or whatever, but my God, mm -hmm. that's yeah. so, uh, just chilling. Okay, Linda, really good point. She said, <laughs> Nancy, you idiot. Seriously, though, why were they about to lose their house? They weren't destitute with two incomes. I don't get it. So weird. Um, well, and her actual day job was an insurance writer. <laughs> oh, also, WTF. Whoa. Here's why. Here's why. Well, one of the things we know why. They were spending $1,000 a month in life insurance policies on Dan. Yeah. Also, they had a big wedding in 1997. A big to-do. But it mm. turned out they never actually filed a marriage certificate in Portland. Uh, and guess when they did get officially married? Oh, gosh. Right before Dan died. Yeah. This has yeah. been in the works for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. I'm guessing from about the time she wrote that essay. Right? It's like, maybe mm-hmm. this got the wheels a turning. Mm-hmm. And she somehow, I think, deluded herself into thinking that her work as a writer would help, you know, that she knew what to do to get off, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to not get caught, except that she really did a real shit job of this. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to really wonder what she was thinking, knowing that essay was out there. It's on her website, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Her website. <laughs> yeah. But I have to tell you what her attorney said. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now her I attorney. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get to it because it's just so. It kind of sounds like she's writing some of the things the attorney is saying because of mm-hmm. the way they they read like a romance novelist wrote them. Mm-hmm. I will say her books never really led to a lot of financial success. Just to uh, to be fair. Well, shoot. Now I can't find it. Okay. Her attorney basically said that uh, she loved him. Oh, here it is. Nancy has always been, this is what her attorney said, okay, when she's addressing the the jurors. Nancy has always been thoroughly, madly, crazily in love with Dan Brophy, and she remains so to this day. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Yeah, that just cracked me up. Who wrote that? Right? Who did write that? It sounds like something Nancy would write. Here's the other thing she said. Nancy lost a great listener, a wonderful lover, a consummate chef and true life partner. The circumstantial case begs you to cast a blind eye to the most powerful evidence of all. Love. (laughs) Good Lord. (sighs) That is insane. We'll see what the jury thinks. I think Bang, bang. I think Mm -hmm. she did it. Yeah, I do too. Mm -hmm. I definitely do. Well. Yes, totally all about her and not the victim. Yeah. Oh, Uh yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, y'all, that is the update. And that is quite an update. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We will be back tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Mountain to live stream the Psychic Hour, which is the psychic show we do once a week. And this week is the first Thursday in April, which means that it yeah. is time for marching orders. Mm-hmm. And we will be giving a reading uh, for every sun sign for what to look out for for the month of April. Yep. So be Absolutely. sure to join us. Check out our awesome episodes from this week. We covered some really interesting ground this week. Check out those cases. And yeah. if you haven't seen the stuff about Nancy Brophy, you better go watch it. Because now you've heard the other end of it. (laughs) We will be back next week with three more great episodes. If you have not joined us on TikTok, come join us over there. We're also on Instagram as well as Facebook, you know, of course, and YouTube and every podcast channel out there. So Mm -hmm. there's lots of ways to be a part of what we're doing. But please uh, like, subscribe, share, comment. Just help us grow. We do have a Patreon. It's at patreon.com. Just look for True Crime Paranormal. You'll find us. We do two bonus episodes a month that our patrons get access to for a small amount that just helps to support us and keep us doing what we're doing. 
-hmm. And there's, I mean, once you sign up, then you get to see all the, the, the back material. So there's, there's two years Mm -hmm. worth of cases over there. You're not going to want to miss out on. It's cult time, crazy time for some reason on the Patreon. Mm -hmm. We covered a cult last week. We are, or last month, we're covering a cult this month that holy Christ, it will set you on fire. We Uh, sometimes cover things over there that we can't, that YouTube might get mad at us for covering or that might not be safe for us to cover. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's some pretty good cases over there that um, you you won't hear us talk about here in the public eye. So Mm -hmm. go check that out. And you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care.